0: Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. For a week long of not seeing each other and uh so this every other wednesday stuff it's just still amazing to me how this stuff falls on church nights or or days or whatever but nevertheless we're, we're we're coming out of it we're coming out of it it won't be long and as a matter of fact we're four weeks from this weekend from easter four weeks from easter amen so again be inviting uh, somebody to come along with you uh And uh, if they're going to spend church anywhere, give them the opportunity to come and spend it with you uh, on Easter. And so remember that. Deuteronomy 32, and I want to read just a couple verses of Scripture here today, just verse number 11 and verse number 12 this morning. The Bible says, As an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings. So the Lord alone did lead him, and there was no strange God with him. This morning, I very simply want to talk to us this morning, this lesson, the eagle's nest, the eagle's nest today, amen. Can we pray one more time? God would help us understand our hearts and minds today. Father, I come to you this morning. I'm grateful, Lord, for those that have gathered together here today. I pray, Lord, as the Lord Preacher Solomon would say, that you would give him acceptable words. And so that's my prayer today, God, for acceptable words, Lord Jesus, here this morning. God that something could be said or something could be stated that would be able to help us Lord and equip us Father in our individual lives I pray oh Lord today Jesus every individual that came Lord with whatever need that they would have God that those needs Lord through some in your way God could be met and ministered to Lord we'll thank you and we'll praise you for it in the lovely name of Jesus Christ we pray Amen and Amen Amen Amen. Shake someone's hand right next to you, if you will, before you seated this morning. And we'll consider the eagles, the eagle's nest. The eagle's nest. What takes place here in these couple of verses is really something that uh, the Holy Ghost inspiring the writers of the scripture that God had done several times throughout the Word of the Lord. That is, He turns our attention. Uh, towards something in the natural to explain or elaborate on something in the spiritual. And he does this many times through God's word, uh, through the animal kingdom. Uh, He told the sluggard to go and consider the ant, and uh, at different portions of Scripture, he points our attention toward animals in nature uh, to teach a lesson. And Jesus Christ, even in his earthly ministry, was very, very... Good at doing this. The Bible tells us in New Testament scriptures in so many words that it was hardly a time that went by that whenever Christ was speaking to his disciples or to the multitudes that he didn't use some type of means of a parable or illustration that people could connect with and understand and see where he's coming from. And so in these verses of scripture, he is once again pointing our attention toward uh, an animal. He's pointing our attention toward an eagle and the environment particularly of an eagle's nest in verse 12 tells us so the lord alone did lead him and so it's making this comparison between what happens in the eagle's nest and then what may happen in our regular everyday lives if i can read job 39 verses 27 and 28 from the message bible this morning it says this uh god is is asking job some questions and there's a lot of questions that god asked job in the scriptures there, and he says, "Did you command the eagle's flight? Job, did you do that and teach her to build her nest in the heights? Did, did you do that perfectly at home on the high cliff face, invulnerable on a pinnacle and crag so God's asking job these things." As we see whenever God is asking Job these litany of questions, he's really revealing some truths about himself and what he has done or what he is capable of doing. So as God is asking Job these questions about uh, whether or not he, he is the one that caused the eagle to fly or build its nest in the heights, God is relaying then to us that he is the one that has caused the eagle to build its nest high in the cliffs of the rock in high pinnacles, so with that being said this morning we got to understand a little bit about the construction of an eagle's nest. The nest of an eagle the nest of an eagle is built high upon the mountain ranges of Israel as it were in that culture and they will at times decide on a location uh, they say that can reach to every bit of one 10,000 feet high in altitude that's quite high an eagle's nest can be found at that height I don't know who's climbing up that high to to discover that's where they are Uh, God bless them but nevertheless at 10,000 feet high altitude and and the nesting eagles uh, the nesting eagles will will build a nest that that can reach a weight up to 2 tons tons, 2,000 pounds two tons then, that's 4,000 pounds. They can build a nest that will weigh up to 4,000 pounds and stretch as much as eight feet across. We're not talking about a little robin's nest in your backyard, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about a grander uh, nest here of an eagle, of this large, large bird. And so with this, it's a very wearisome very weird some tasks for the eagle of carrying if you can think the limbs that are needed to support an eight foot wide and uh, by the time it's done 4,000 pound eagle's nest they are carrying limbs up to science say up to four inches in diameter are brought by an eagle up to its nest to construct its nest and nesting area the nest can be as deep as two feet deep inside Amen. I know it's just bewildering to consider and think. And at the core of the nest, it's supported by, of course, the largest limbs. And the largest limbs are there. The outer edge, though, it's very fine limbs and of a smaller uh, diameter. There's soft leaves that they have gathered to put around there, vines and such of that matter, that they have woven almost as... A person would weave some type of tapestry there in their nest. And so the eagles, they would do all this before they lay their eggs down inside of the nest. And and the leaves then that they put inside there, they're very, uh, a lot of forethought goes into providing the home for their young little eaglets. They have all these soft leaves in there protecting them from the jagged edges of the rough sticks that could possibly puncture uh, the soft fur of their eaglets just being newborns and in addition to all these soft bed of leaves that they have down inside of their nest shortly before the eggs hatch mother eagle will begin to put the soft downy fur of her own body shall we begin to pluck some of the fur off her own body to put down inside of the nest providing them a very warm shelter place for whenever those young eaglets hatch from their eggs and so then as the eaglet is starting to hatch and break free from the egg and they're in that struggle and attempting to free themselves uh, from the trappings if you will of the eggshell and make their way into their, their this life the, the mother is never assisting them, the mother is never helping them to emerge from their little eaglet, eaglet egg there, although it would be very tempting if she has any type of uh, uh, any type of uh, relationship just to humanity even for that matter you know how we are when we see our kids struggle sometimes we want to take uh, the, the, the step forward to help or aid but the, 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 the eagle never does this never assists them in the struggle because she understands and we have spoken of this before she understands helping them in the struggle of emerging would, would just stump them in their growth it would hinder them in their own survival, amen. It would hinder them in their own walk as they would continue to go. And so these eaglets are born. They're in this nest at mom and those who have prepared for them this huge monstrosity of a nest. But about six or seven months after they are born and have been there in the downy fur of their mother and the leaves that are all around there, that mother eagle will swoop in one day upon her nest and she'll begin to what even scripture calls, begin to stir. She'll begin to stir her nest, or basically she'll begin to wreck the brooding area of her nest. I know you want your kids to clean up your rooms, but Mother Eagle's coming down and tearing the place up. Uh, She's opened the cabinets of the doors and she's making disheveled everything within the brooding area of her nest. She's pulling out those soft leaves now. She's pulling out all the soft leaves. The downy fur, she's picking up with her beak now. She's throwing it overboard at 10,000 feet altitude and letting it all fall. Honey, you think she's on a rampage here. She's even probably, they say they gather even rabbit fur and put in her. She's grabbing the rabbit fur, casting it out, doing all of this and just fluttering with her wings causing a little bit of a windy turmoil inside of the nest and even some of the long vines she's intertwining there man she start she's starting to destroy this very nest that she has put together and taken no doubt a lot of time and effort and putting together and she's pulling these long vines out there that might provide some type of comfort to her because it, it is becoming the task for the eaglets then as she's doing this and calling on this rampage they're now being forced to to get their balance and they're being forced to have to stand up and balance themselves in the nest while, while the eagle's tearing up house you know she's she's on the edge and she's flapping her wings i mean what else can you do you're going to have to learn to do something and so they're trying to get their balance while she's doing all this there's no other alternative for them see it it, it's it's it, it is a fight for survival at this point in time and so sometimes there's even some you know lacerations could happen these limbs are flying everywhere amen and so what is trying what mom is trying to teach these eaglets while she's tearing their home apart is that they must learn to balance themselves they gotta to learn to balance themselves. They gotta to learn to use those claws and those talons that are up on the end of their feet because they're starting to grow now and they're gonna to have to use what's starting to grow in their body. They're gonna to have to put that to use. They have to put their maturity to use. And so, because that balance that they're getting inside the nest, all that that's going on in turmoil inside, the balance that they're trying to learn inside the nest is gonna be the balance they need for when they fly later. What they're trying to be taught now in this wreckage that mom is causing is something that's going to help them whenever they're going to be able to soar to heights later. But if it's not learned here, it won't be able to be implemented there. Amen. Amen. And so those little talons that are growing, they're starting to learn how to grab a hold of things and balance themselves and assist themselves. Those talons that would help them catch prey and, and bring food to their own bodies and their own nest. Hunting later, all of that is very needful and very necessary. God says, this is how the eagle stirs her nest. This is how mom does things for these eaglets. But he says, the Lord alone also did lead them. God says just just as a mother eagle comes down and, and stirs her nest, he says I likewise stir my nest. I provide a large, deep, very comfortable spot for you to be born again and it's very protected and it's very very calm and it's very conducive for you to be born but there comes a time after a period of time that I got to start taking away the leaves and start subjecting you to some things that is just called Christian life and and the things that are starting to mature and grow in your life I got to somehow force you to start utilizing them and, and taking them I got to somehow create balance in your life but it won't happen even if I leave all the downy and the fur and, and the twigs and the leaves, everything there, sometimes I got to stir up my nest. Folks, some, some what, what we go through in life is nothing more but Christ just stirring up our nest. He's not, listen, I guarantee you that Mother Eve is meaning no harm to her children. She's not wanting to harm them. But she is wanting to teach them. She is wanting them to learn and understand that what you learn right here is going to help you when you start flying it's going to help you when you start soaring so some of these things in life it's just God stirring up his nest it's nothing ill against you it's not he's got some vendetta out against you, no he's just trying to teach us and learn us because he doesn't want us to always be in the nest he wants us to be able to fly to some heights our eye has never seen someone say amen he says I'm going to stir up the nest and he disturbs it doesn't he At time, he disturbs the nest. Amen. And it makes us want to reach out to him. Amen. He stirs up the nest sometimes. I believe if you look through the pages of Scripture, almost anyone throughout God's Word, apostle, prophet, put whatever title you wish to their name, individual, that they have had somewhere in their life the time that God has stirred up their nest. Amen. Amen. Everyone that has ever accomplished anything, I would say, in Scripture, Amen. Their nest has been messed with. Their nest has been stirred up. Can someone say Amen? Amen. What it does, it causes us, causes us to migrate sometimes from where we are to somewhere different. The stirring of the nest; it's used for different purposes. Jews for different times. Sometimes the stirring of the nest will provoke us to leave the familiar and go to the unfamiliar. But the stirring of the nest causes that discomfort for us to go. Amen. Uh, To leave, as it were, sometimes in the Old Testament, to leave the profane and go to the sacred. Uh, For instance, as it would be with Abraham, leave your country, your pagan, heathenistic land. Go on the journey. God was stirring up his nest, wanted him to go toward the sacred, that which was holy, leaving the things that are shallow, if you will, and go into some greater depths or higher heights, even if you would wish to call it that. Amen. Uh, Nobody, none of us, can make any progress forward without breaking some relationships With where we are. It's all a part of the process. It's all a part of the stirring of the nest. The thing is. We misinterpret sometimes the stirring. God in his purpose of the stirring of the nest. We need to really recognize that God is trying to stimulate our growth. By stirring, messing up where we currently are. He's trying to stimulate our growth. God, God built a nest. God built a nest in Genesis 47 for the 70 souls of Israel that would go down into a land, the Bible says. Their herds increased. They went into Egypt, but there was a nest he had created called Goshen. That was within Egypt. It's within the nest of Goshen within Egypt that God caused their herds to increase. They had very prosperous times while they were there. They had favor with the martyr. They had favor with the Pharaoh of that time. But whenever Joseph died, the Bible says, uh, and his services uh, were said and done because of his death, and people had forgotten him and what he had done very cleverly by inspiration of God and stocking up in the seven years of plenty so that there would be something in the seven years of famine. All of that had been forgotten And the favor that he had and those people had that was in Goshen seemingly to be forgotten. Now they are hemmed in. Now God starts to stir the nest. Goshen was a safe place for them. They went in 70 souls. You've heard me say this before. But they went in as 70 souls. And they exited that place as a nation. There was a nation born in Goshen. There were some eaglets that came out of their eggs, the downy, the fur, the leaves. All of that was a very safe place. But God, once Joseph died, the stirring of the nest began to happen. They're subjected to hard labor. They're subjected to some uncomfortable circumstances. There, there were some things that they didn't want to be contending with at that point in time. God, what are you doing? I want you to get unhappy with the nests. So that whenever I open up opportunity for you to go, you'll go. Do you think that Israel would have been would have been as eager to go had they not been subjected to the hard taskmasters, been subjected to the hard labor after they had been to Goshen? Do you think they would really want to go if their their herd just kept increasing and everything was fine and well just as it was whenever Joseph was alive? Do you think if Moses showed up in that type of scenario and said, hey, let's get out of here, someone said, forget that, we got it made. (laughs) We got the downy fur here and all the leaves. No, no, no. God had to make it uncomfortable there because he says, although you think this is wonderful, Although Goshen has served its purpose and that's wonderful. I got a land, a land of promise that flows with milk and honey. This is gonna pale in comparison to what I have for you. But in order to get you from here to there, I'm gonna have to stir the nest. And so it's just one of God's several tools that he used. How do you, God, create a stirring in your nest? Sometimes He places us under torment. Sometimes He allows us to feel the heaviness of a burden that we may currently be carrying. Sometimes He allows us to become emotionally broken. Amen. With all the feelings we have of whatever may be going on in life. Amen. Sometimes He causes us to see a place beyond where we are with a little longing in our heart. But all the while, those are just tools and means by which God is stirring His nest. Can someone say amen? Amen. It's this type of stirring that happened. The Bible speaks to us in the tents of Keter. sent a stirring, if you will. So much so that it changed the course of a woman's life, entire destiny. Amen. Whenever the nest was stirred, Whenever the nest was stirred, there was something that happened. Carnality began to be displaced. There was a spiritual hunger that was birthed whenever the nest was stirred. Self-righteousness began to die out. But what came was a godly desire because the nest was being stirred. Complacency, I spoke this last Sunday, it fell by the wayside and there was a fiery passion because it's a do or die moment. Because the nest was being stirred. So there was something going on. There was something happen. But here's the thing. Through the stirring, oftentimes, brokenness takes place. When the nest is stirred. Brokenness takes place. Yet we know, we oftentimes, we think of something broken, then it's ready for the trash, refuse. Nothing good can come of the broken. Yet in the kingdom of God, everything is so reversed and so backwards. Oftentimes it's the things that are broken that he can use the most. It was in Gideon and the 300 ragtag group of people that go out to battle and there are three different companies of 100 apiece that they took trumpets in one hand, pitchers in the other hand with lamps inside of them. And the marvelous, the marvelous turnout of what happened is in the breaking of the pitchers. The brokenness was going to really bring great victory for them that particular day. So God takes us to a place of brokenness and broken pieces. We see this through Scripture. People that are broken and broken pieces that God uses. So my strength is made perfect in what? Our weakness, or if you will, our brokenness so everything it seems like has to go to pieces the nest has to be disturbed amen in order for Christ in his power and his ability amen and his future for us to be clearly seen it's seen through the brokenness the eagle would never try to balance if everything was as it were but because of things being torn apart it's going to learn something and learn some balance and so God stirs us he stirs us what are you doing God God's trying to build character for the many preachers, sometimes you said no. Uh, They feel like they're failures sometimes at certain cities and such that God had sent them. God has purposes for different areas in our life. And the common phrase is this for some pastors that have been to places and moved on to others. Sometimes God sends a man to a city to build a city and sometimes He sends a man to a city to build the man. Amen. It's all according. It serves its purpose. He might be stirring up the nest in order to build character and to temper us with experience because there is no better teacher than experience. Read all the textbooks you want to read and all the self-help, do-it-yourself books you want to read. But there is no, no, no uh, uh, teacher like there is whenever there is experience. Guarantee you that. And so God stirs the nest and he allows us to have experience in our life because it's a better teacher sometimes than anything else in our life. And if you'll notice, sometimes our true character is shown during moments of brokenness. True character is shown when the heat is on. Not only do other people realize it, but I come to identifying moment in my own life. When the heat is on. Paul McGee, what are you made of? I I find out very soon. Find out very soon. Whenever God begins to mess with my nest. And it causes some reflection for me sometimes. Mm -hmm. That I need to square up. That I need to alter. I need to grow up. I need to mature. I need to change. But all this is conditioning for that young eagle for the purpose of them being able to fly. They were were not born to just walk along the nest or upon the ground. They were born to fly. So there comes a day, they say, the life of a little eaglet that the mother will come to that nest that she's made rampage and such of And she'll begin to flutter her wings over the nest with much strength, much air pumping into the nest. Small eaglets will begin to scream, shrill out as they would in terror as she, Mama Eagle, pushes them closer and closer to the edge of that eight-foot-wide, 4,000-pound nest. Little eaglet, what do you think you' up to, Mama? You want a piece of this? <laughs> yeah. And you thought your little bicker between your adolescence and parent was abnormal. <laughs> Mama's pushing and they're pushing back, but she's pushing to the edge of the nest, and the nest that they're being lodged in now. Remember, they're ten thousand feet high. Some of them, altitude up in the air, in the cliffs and the mountains and the crags all around. Amen. So they're very, very high up in the air. And so above this ground is a training area for the young eaglet. And she will finally push them from the nest. And they begin to fall. And they're falling thousands and thousands of feet And something, though, starts to take over in the moment that they're descending. A will to live. (laughs) You talk about a flight or fight moment. (laughs) I guess it's kind of flight and fight for them. (laughs) But a will to live starts to take over them. A struggle to absolutely survive what's taking place in life. And so the power of flight, of eaglet. It's right here. This has never been challenged. They've never had to use their wings before. They've had them, but they've never had to use them. They've been designed and purposed for this, but they've never went there. Oh God. And so she's pushing them out and they're screaming. They're no doubt in terror. Hey Amen. As they're coming down with just a will to live, man, we got to do something about this clumsily. Just try to, you know, whatever, flap their wings. Hey Amen. To find how does this stuff work? Trying to flap their wings, trying to, in this free fall, just flowing the air and beating the air just a will to live no success though they're getting tired they're young they've not been used to this they're becoming fatigued as all this starts to happen their body's getting a little limp a little worn out amen from all the struggle that they're happened but just before they fall to their utter death the father eagle swoops down and catches the young eaglet and returns it to the nest for the next lesson that will come the next day. Yeah. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. Yes, For when I fall, yes, falling, yes, I shall ar- Let me tell you, God won't allow you to hit the ground. Yeah. Yes, He'll, ca- He'll make you feel like you're going to. He'll make you feel like you don't have the strength to do anything. He'll make you feel very vulnerable. But right before it happens, he'll snatch you up and take you to the nest one more time. And said, Well, they didn't get the lesson today, but we'll try again tomorrow. Catches them. And so it's repeated tomorrow. Got something to look forward to. Mom's going to push me out of the nest. And we're going to have this near death experience all all over again tomorrow and I'm about ready to hit the ground dad comes what's being built here tell you one thing there's being built a lot of trust you were very much so wondering the first time but the little eaglet that's went through this three or four times knows as it's approaching the ground I don't have nothing to worry about dad's going to Swoop down. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> There's a great amount of trust that's being built right there. Yeah. Brother McGee, why why is this why is this seems to always happen to me? Why is this happening again? Maybe God's just trying to build your trust level with him and for him. You didn't get the lesson today. That's all right. We'll be back tomorrow. Fret not fear not. I won't let you hit the ground. I'll be there to swoop in just in the moment that you need me to swoop in. And not a moment later, not, not a moment, he's an on time God. Yes, he is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love you Jesus. That little eagle has the power of flight yes. invested in its anatomy. Yes, it does. But it don't know it yes. until it's tried. I'm looking out among people that there's some vested invested things in your lives as well. But you'll never know them as long as we stay contented with the nest and God pushes her mother pushes us out sometimes why she's trying to let you come to realization there's something that's been invested in you that's for this very thing that you're going through and it's only going through this that you'll experience and discover what that very well may be for your life this message of life this comes without warning they say it scientists say this it's not like they tell the birds a few days ahead of time hey this is what we're going to do we're going to drop you from 10,000 feet it, 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 it's, it's, it's a lesson that comes without warning I think we can identify with that yeah. uh-huh. oh, yes. it's not like bishop they tell you you're going to have a stress test on Thursday in the real world God shows up and says today's a stress test right. <laughs> so suddenly this mother eagle will appear in the nest and starts the training of flight all over again. And our spiritual maturity and our growth in God many times happens the very same way. It's without warning, without warning that these things come into our lives. Situation surrounds us. Our environment, and just it seems in just a few hours, can totally, totally change. Everything is at stake. You ever been there? Feel like everything was at stake. Your home, your family, your job, your health. What's happening? Falling. Falling, Uh uh-huh, falling, falling. But God swoops in right on time and lifts you back up. And so let's just identify with the rest of humanity of what goes through our minds in those falling moments. Why, God? Because you can't learn to fly from a church pew. Huh? Because you can't learn to fly from the nest. You can't learn to fly being dependent on all those things. So whenever we, maybe our why's not even answered yet, comes the other popular one. We're all knitted together in this, folks. How long? God, we have our standard questions. They're just like bullet points on a sheet of paper. Once it's, it's flight, it's flight training time. Why, God? How long? How long? How long? When are you going to swoop in? Huh? When are you going to swoop in? His reply is, you need all the time that we're having right here. This, as long as it takes for you to learn. To fly. Another one I might throw in there is how many more times, God. <laughs> you know, I've seen that cloud that seemed like just before, you know. How many, however many times it takes in order for you to learn to fly. Not long ago, you heard me about, I not remember the total sermon, but speaking about how we get their strength in the struggle and you take the struggle away you take the strength away remove the thorn you remove the grace whenever we look through scripture some of God's greatest men had some very very great and foreboding frailties that were in their flesh Abraham Abraham had to deal had to struggle with deception Jacob had to deal with worldliness in his life Amen. But these things were teachers in their life. Many times when they first come, we see them as the enemy and they're really a teacher cloaked as an enemy. Moses, Moses, believe it or not, he had a temper. He did. He had a temper. I've never seen one of his brethren being picked on in the early days and he killed a man over it. Same thing that we'd see flare up when he decided to Smite the rock rather than talk to it. He was teaching. He was a teacher. Elijah, Elijah, he had this, he had, you don't want, there's some things you don't want faithful, but Elijah had faithful despair. <laughs> Whenever he felt like there was a woman that was going to come and overtake him and do all this and that. His, his, his despair was faithful. Yeah. David had lust and murder, he was contending. They're teachers. They're teachers. Solomon, man, he had all the luxury in the world. Had a way with women. (laughs) But they were his teachers, or his teachers in his life. I would dare, I don't know if anybody uh, typically takes prayer lists, or you have a prayer list, something that you take to God to prayer. But if you do, I doubt that there's anywhere on your prayer list that you've ever prayed, God, give me a lion's den. Lord, I would really like to have a fiery furnace like the three Hebrew boys. For one thing, whenever we start talking about those type of things, the lion's den, what we associate with the lions in the horrible pit, and we seldom remember the, the victory found in the lion's den. The fiery furnace, we, 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 we capitalize on seven times hotter. And we, we, we glorify, yeah, the fourth man, but the fourth man only shows up where the seven times hotter fire is. Right? Yeah. come on. Come on. Right? Yes, sir. God, I'd really enjoy the impossible task of building an ark when there is no rain in sight. Yeah, when's the last time you prayed for that? Yeah. God, let me have the, the kiss of a friend of betrayal. Huh? I'd really like to have a cross on Golgotha right next to you, God. Those are not things we put on our prayer list. Lord, you know, if I could just be misunderstood once today, I'd feel like i Someone would just hurt me real good. You know, hurt my feelings. They could just do that if I could just make it through today and and deal with all the irritation and slander a person could have, well, man, God, I would be great. Lord, if you could just tempt me in every area of my life that you know I'm weak in today. We don't pray prayers like that. Why? Because those things subject us to hurt, don't they? Those things cause us to be vulnerable. But with the hurt, there also comes healing. Healing. There can sometimes become desire and passion, a will to stand that would have never existed had it not been for things just like that. Now our prayer is, God, get me out of this. I could really use some relief here, Lord. Huh? Huh? said he would deliver us out of all of our trouble he didn't say he would deliver us from it said he would deliver us out of it so you got to be in it in order to get out of it See, I won't deliver you from it like it's not going to happen but if you get in it I'll get you out of it he'll deliver us out of all our trouble amen someone say amen the Lord says, Psalms 103 brother Zach in verse number 15 let's try verse number 1, I might have left a hyphen out of that 15, it should be 1 through 5 yeah that that looks more like it, bless the Lord O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name Go on, we're going one through five. That, that's my Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. It finally occurs somewhere in the process of that eaglet's life that the day that the young eaglet finding his screaming, his flailing, his beating comes to be silenced. All of a sudden, he finds himself rising on the wings of an eagle and it's his eagle's wings. And he's soaring the heights of the clouds, the mountains and the crags How is that possible? From nest to flight. It's for every flight that didn't happen in between. Mm -hmm. How does that happen? From, From being born to success in the kingdom. It's for every unsuccess in between. Every unsuccess in between brought it to this moment of success for the eagle. Amen. So please don't Please don't turn those moments aside because that's what we want to do. Right. But it's these integral moments that are building something in us to bring us to that moment. Right. And if it's not for them, we'll never have this. Right. It takes all of them to get us to here yes. for this. Yes. Or we'll just remain on our feet destined to fly but never to have it take place. Only to walk. Right. And rather than be on a bird that would pray we would be prayed upon amen we'd be prayed upon there is a call folks this call through scripture christ at often times he says come up hither amen come up hither we can't go up hither until we've discovered the downer amen you know taking something just a little bit out of context here christ said that he descended first before he ascended Well, we have done the same in many words. We've done a lot of dissent. Amen. But the, the key is that he wants to take us up to ascend. And so we got to come to a place where we understand the power of that upward call of going up and beyond. But what God really has purposed for you and I. Amen. You know, sometimes growing old just won't bring maturity within itself. I've seen some old, no disrespect, seen some old people are very immature. Age within itself doesn't necessarily mean maturity. Amen. But but, but there's something that can happen when you've went through some stuff. I've seen young kids that had more maturity than some 20-year-olds. Why? Because the life has been a great teacher. They, quote-unquote, had to mature. Why? Somebody pushed them out of the nest. some will never, never respond to the upper call of God when that happens we've really stuck, we have really kept ourselves from something that's truly glorious but we don't like the process to get there we want the turnkey stuff born with a silver spoon in our mouth so to speak even in the kingdom even in the kingdom weren't born with a silver spoon in our mouth but it doesn't it doesn't happen it doesn't happen that that way try and keep track of time here today if you will brother Zach Isaiah 40 and verse 31 this is a very popular verse of scripture that's been spoken of many times Isaiah 40 verse 31 the Bible says but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run, not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Listen to me. There is no other bird in the creation of God that has the ability to fly to the heights as the eagle does. He's not a bird that flies with a flock. You've never stood out saying, well, looky there, here goes a flock of eagles. (laughs) You better check, that's probably some geese. (laughs) You never say, well, there goes a flock. No, he's solitary in his conquest. He's alone. His purpose is single-minded. Other birds may even call to him, but there's something about the focus of an eagle that is so resolute that he refuses to be swept up into a flock of geese. Swept over to another path of in the kingdom of birds a lesser bird he says because if I stay with you then I'm regulated to only going as high as you can go of a lesser bird but if I stay right here I got heights that will surpass folks do not ever give in to the flock of the beggarly things of this world because when you do so you will be regulated by the height they can go to. But if you stay in focus and in tandem with God, you'll go to heights that they will never see because of you, no, but because of your master, because of the teacher that has taught you and has instructed you. Amen. And whenever it seems like, because sometimes we walk the path of loneliness, so, Reverend McGee, look, all this great people around me. Let me tell you something. I have had experiences at time that there's been, I've been in a crowded room and felt all by myself. Somebody hearing me right now? Times when there's people all around me, maybe even encouraging words coming from them, but still felt alone, yeah. felt by myself. Let me tell you, God does some of his greatest things and moments in your life when you feel lonely, when you feel by yourself. It was whenever Elijah was up on that mountain in the cave feeling alone and dejected that in that moment, what happened for him? He heard the voice of God in his moment of being alone. Amen. Whenever we read it was in that weary, lonely path of faith that God came to Abraham again when Abraham felt by himself and he was walking the path of being alone. Amen. It's whenever Peter... Had filled God and he was seemingly walking all by himself that God. Come to find him. And they found that relationship rebirthed. Amen. And reignited between both of them. Here's Jacob alone on this side of Jabbok. Alone, everybody say. Alone. He's wrestling though in a moment with God. And his name was changed. But he had a moment of time just prior to that. He was seemingly all alone. Moses alone on the mount of God comes down with the law of God. Hannah alone in her praying and travailing for God to open her womb and prevail and God answers her prayer in her moment of desperation and distress of feeling alone. Esther being separated from her people but understood that she had come to the kingdom just as a Jew alone for such a time as this is an aid in sparing her people. God did that through her aloneness Daniel received some of his greatest visions and prophecies that we have studied of God during those moments of time that he was all but alone Jeremiah the preacher put in a pit with no company what distress and agony but he had a renewed burden for God's purpose and his people burned from his aloneness and so God uses it sometimes to be teaching elements in our life if you'll stand with me this morning he'll come down he'll stir the nest he won't let you hit the ground he'll sweep you up he'll make points periods of our life uncomfortable because there's something more to where to where you are presently that he wants to take you you have, the, you have the anatomy of other things, a part of your life that's not yet been tested, not yet been experienced, not yet been utilized. So God comes with his intimate wisdom and knowledge and he does all these things, does all these things to provoke us in that direction, provoke us to that end. Hallelujah. Can we just bow our heads in this? Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter